comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul. This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. What's up, Aztec fans? Welcome to the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Trone. I am joined today by Kyle Kinslow, as usual. I want to remind you guys to follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, like, follow, subscribe, do all the great things, leave those five-star reviews. I've been really appreciating those coming in. Um, you can find Aztec Breakdown on Patreon. We got a couple new Patreons since the last time we shouted it out. I want to shout them out real quick. Steven Lasson, sorry if I'm saying that name wrong, and Matt Wallace. Thank you guys a whole bunch. We also got a contributor on Anchor that I'm trying to look up real quick, but I don't think Anchor will show me who it is from where I'm at. So sorry, I can't shout out the new follower on Anchor, but once again, thank you so much. You guys are making me look bad because when Kyle joined, I was like, there's no money in this. And now there's, it's still like little money. There's no it's money not, it's, it. it's not a lot, <laughs> but like, it, like now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to start sharing with Kyle because there's enough that's going to be coming in every month. It, it'll be like a pack of Skittles or something, but it's still something, hey, right? You so, bought the beer for the game. <laughs> you might get i don't know i don't know what the prices at viejas are it might be like half a beer yeah um, <laughs> but thank you guys so much um let's let's get into it kyle let's let's start with this i've been on bracket matrix a lot and i've seen a lot of like uh just individual brackets posted on twitter and on the internet and there are a surprising amount of websites that currently have the Mountain West getting four teams into the tournament. What are your thoughts on that? Does that seem feasible? Is that like a, a fever dream? What's, what's the deal with that? What are your thoughts? I think that it's definitely possible this year. I think that, you know, having more games on Fox Sports 1 and We've got one coming up on Thursday that's at 2 p.m. What a ridiculous tip time for a, San, a game in San Diego. But, you know, we've got a little bit more national exposure. Uh, and I think one of the things we were talking about off, off pod was it seems to me like all the traditional super leagues, ACC, the Big East, the Big 12, I feel like all of those are extremely top-heavy this year that the, the really, like even the ACC, you know, Duke is terrible. North Carolina is terrible. And because of that, you have these traditional programs that would be good that probably aren't making the tournament right now. And that definitely helps San Diego State because even though we're not one of those quote-unquote power five conferences, I definitely think we're the next one up, right? That we have some name recognition in uh, – you know, San Diego State, and even though UNLV isn't good, people know who they are. Same with uh, Coach Alford at Nevada. Like, we have some name recognition kind of all over the conference. And Boise's really good this year, so that's helping. Um, and I think we're just kind of benefiting from that, right? And I think that uh, Colorado State probably is in the tournament right now based on them beating us on national TV. And 
other if they didn't, they probably would have three in the conference in with us, Utah State and Boise. But I think it's it's very it's 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 just a weird year, you know. It's a weird year in our conference, and it's a weird year kind of all across the board. You you see it. You look at these conference records, especially meaning the Mountain West. It's very top heavy. The bottom half of the Mountain West is awful, and I think it just kind of works with that across all of the other conferences. And we have an opportunity to stack some wins, like I was saying, uh, and, and really, really kind of make a case for 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 the NCAA tournament, even if we don't you know, win the conference in the regular season, which doesn't look likely at all, but weirder things have happened and we play Boise twice at the end and we could hand them two losses and then who knows. But um, yeah, I think it's something that could definitely happen. I think it's, I think I'm very impressed with the other teams in the conference. I know Colorado state, I didn't have a lot of faith in them this year. I think they're much better than I thought they would be. And Boise's doing their thing. Utah State has rebounded much better than I thought they would. San Diego State's a little bit worse than I thought we'd be. So definitely, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think that I think that two teams is for sure. I think especially if the the conference champion and, and the regular or the the tournament champion and the conference and the regular season champion are different. I think those teams probably both make it in. Um, and then if one of if there's another team in there, you know, you if if San Diego State can can grasp one of those, and let's say Boise somehow doesn't, I think Boise probably gets in. Um, but I think you got really three teams right now that have a have a legit shot. And if Colorado State keeps playing well, I think they could probably get in. Do you think there's any credence to the thought that like even though a team like a Duke or a Syracuse isn't playing up to their normal level, that they might get like a legacy? invite to the tournament is that a thing that you're concerned so, about at all i would 100 percent any other year but not this <laughs> year because people this year there's more focus on the actual play on the court because we don't have anything else to do right and those teams aren't fringe teams this year those traditional good programs are bad and they're not good like I don't know if you've if you you've watched any Duke games, but start of the season when Coach K was was Coach K does this thing where if he thinks his team's good, he's going to talk them up, and if he thinks his team's bad, he's going to talk them. He's going to talk everything down. And in this year, he's got a shit team, and so he basically said, "We don't need to be playing basketball." Like that's how you all you need to know about how good Duke is is that they weren't were so bad. They're so bad that Coach K didn't want them to play this season, and. North Carolina, I feel like it's just kind of floundering after they reach the national championship a little bit. I mean, I have all the faith in the world in Roy Williams, but I don't know. The legacy thing, I think the legacy thing is just different this year because, one, I don't think that those programs care as much because they're flat out not making money at all without fans and without – they're not making as much revenue. And so if there was ever a year for them to kind of not make it, I think it's this year just because I think journalists are more, there's more coverage of us, like our programs and, and other conferences. There's more games on TV. I mean, you're getting a game every, every hour starting at three o'clock now, mm -hmm. almost every single day. And that's normally not the case. Um, and so I feel like these just, it's, it's one of those times where this is a weird year. Let's have a weird NCAA tournament, you know? And because no matter what, this is the thing whoever wins this national championship 
the people who won are going to say it's the hard, it was the hardest tournament to ever win people that were there. And then the people that didn't are going to say it was a fluke. It's a joke. And in the, you know, people call the Lakers championship, a missing mm-hmm. Mickey mouse ring. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to be. And so Duke and North Carolina and all those other big programs can literally say that. And they're going to feel good with themselves. So as far as legacy, I think this is the year that all that stuff goes out the window. And then if hopefully next year, we're back to somewhat of a normal normalcy. Uh, that's when the legacy can kick back in. Well, folks, you heard it here from Kyle first. Mountain West is getting four teams in the tournament. Hopefully. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, what about you? What do you think about that? You know, um, four teams seems a little bit like a fever dream to me. Um, The thing that astonishes me the most, actually, is if you look at the Aztecs resume, if you look at their team sheet, they don't have any quad one wins. Their best wins are quad two wins and UCLA is close. They're right on the verge. They were quad one for like a week and then they moved down a couple spots. So now they're quad two. So hopefully by the end of the year, they'll be up in quad one. But even then that's, that's one quad one win right now. And yet the Aztecs are at 31 in the net last I checked and 31 is you're pretty solidly in. I mean, things can happen and somebody might make a case that they shouldn't be in or can't be in or whatever, and maybe they don't. But generally speaking, if you're in that 30, 31, 32 range, you're going to get in the tournament. So at the moment, they should be in um, based on the net ranking, but the resume doesn't look right. And, and you know, I mentioned bracket matrix earlier when I checked this morning, Tuesday morning, bracket matrix had tallied. 77 brackets and the Aztecs were listed on 65 of them, which is really good. So the general consensus is that despite not having any major wins, the Aztecs will be in, um, which is cool. It's, it seems, I think they are good enough to be in. I'm, I'm questioning whether the resume at this point is good enough to be in. I don't know everybody else's resume though. I just, you know, it's one of those. Um, so I, I don't know if I would say four get in. I could definitely see three getting in in the right circumstances. And even then, I think the last time we had three teams in the tournament, we being the Mountain West was 2013. So yeah, it's, it's a rarity. You know, normally it's a one bid league. Mm-hmm. And last year it would have been a two bid league for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we, when UNLV or excuse me, when New Mexico and San Diego state had that big rivalry, they would both get in when BYU was good. They, us and them would both get in. Um, but I mean, I remember years going, we are where we were on, went to the NIT uh year. I believe we had like Tapley and Skylar Spencer and we played at USD which by the way, that game, I remember we, I think we played Kansas state or someone like that at USD and we blew their doors off. That was one of the most fun games ever because you had, you know, psycho San Diego state fans in the much smaller gym at USD. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of fun, but I remember thinking to myself, like in a couple of seasons, we're good enough to be in the tournament. Why aren't we? And it's because we're in the mountain West and we don't back then we did not have the media coverage that we have now. Right. Um, and so this, this season, the Fox sports one picking up our conference games that helped us 
You know, I mean, I don't know how many people watched us play at seven o'clock on Sunday night, which is a, the same day as, you know, the NFC and AFC championship mm-hmm. games. Um, <laughs> Cause I know all the, I know many men that would have picked the two football games uh, <laughs> to sit on the couch, to get it from their wives and then pass on the late night college basketball. Um, but yeah, I think it's helping. I think it's going to help us. I think it really is. And I think that those, those teams of, of old that, probably were on the verge i think this this year we might get in just because uh, the other thing that that i just thought about you talk about legacy no team was screwed more by covid in the ncaa tournament than us last year so maybe we get that bump that legacy bump of last year you know of hey they didn't get an opportunity to go do their thing we're not as big of a program maybe we get that bump from them this year they because they're gonna think oh they're probably people might think we're better than we are because of what happened last year. Yeah. That, that happened. That's something I had thought about earlier too, is how much that might impact it. The committee will say that doesn't impact it at all, but um, I mean, who knows if, if San Diego state ends up right there on the bubble and it's down to them and like one other team and somebody's like, I don't know, just throw the assets yeah. a bone. I I'm a big believer. And obviously it were, I'm a fan of a team, not in a power five. But would you would the national media, you know, would would the people filling in their brackets, would they rather put in a terrible Oklahoma team that's going to lose in the first round? Or would they put in a team like, you know, San Diego State, who I think most more people would pick, you know, in in their little bracket pool challenge um, as an upset. They'd much rather they'd like to see the, the, you know, the underdog. They want to see. The small teams play the big boys. Those Cinderella stories. Cinderella stories. Yeah, that's what March Madness is all about. And I think, I think when you get on the fringe, right? And I think, oh, and I think you've seen it the last couple of years where all of the teams, like the first three out, they're all big program. They're all the bigger from the bigger conferences. Um, and I really like that because you those teams have more opportunity to prove themselves. And it's my. In reality, you know, probably both of those teams, a mid-major and and a bad big program, bigger program, are going to get rocked, right in the tournament. Mm-hmm. But yeah, why not? You know, even it like it means so much more to those mid-major teams. Like even one win. Imagine if Colorado State got in and they beat, I don't know, they were a twelve seed and they beat a five seed like that is the biggest win in the history of their program Mm -hmm. as opposed to let's say you, you invite a team, you know, from the big 12 or the ACC who's gotten a couple of, you know, tournament victories over over the last few years. And maybe they made an elite eight in their history. That means nothing to them. Mm -hmm. Reward the people, reward the little guy, especially in this year, this year. Yeah, it would be nice financial recovery for the conference too after missing out last year, but that's that is a different topic. Um, coming back to the Aztecs, we got some good news in the Air Force series on top of just absolutely demolishing Air Force, which which I enjoyed to see. Just you know, the team throttle an opponent that was nice. But on top of that, Matt Mitchell came back like almost an entire week early. Um, I was blown away. He was on a minutes restriction. He played 14 coach Dutcher said he was going to be limited to 15 that game. 
I expect that restriction to go up into the Wyoming series, if there even is one anymore. We'll see what happens. What did you think about Mitchell's performance coming back? I think he that is a role uh, coming off the bench that he is extremely comfortable in. Um, and I one thing that I saw was he the the ratio of the quote unquote Matt Mitchell doing too much possessions way down almost to zero. And if he's playing in the flow of the offense, even if he's at eighty percent, that's better than a lot of other options that we have in the team, right? Um, I saw, and you could see he kind of sagged off on offense, kind of playing, he just playing that deep shooter position, hitting that wing. Mm -hmm. He hit two wing threes in that game. Um, But you saw like he come, they cross half court and he's trying to give it his all on defense. And that's really where we're, where we're missing him because he provides us with a guy who's so incredibly flexible in terms of how, who, who you can put him on. Um, and that'll be a big boost, especially from a Wyoming team that just beat Nevada twice. And, you know, Nevada gave us all the trouble in the world. I think that's more of just like the way the things that they're good at are kind of San Diego State's weaknesses. But Nevada has, you know, good freshman guard and or excuse me, Wyoming has a good freshman guard and they're athletic. And so we'll see. I think the kind of the timing was right. And I think that the way he kind of let him play. I'm a bit, I'm a big believer in listen to what the athlete says. If the medical staff is saying there's not a problem, right? You, he could have been cautious, especially after a 30 point, you know, drumming that let's be honest, if the starters play, we win that game by 55 plus points. Like it's, they didn't play the last what 12 minutes of the game. And we lot, we won by 30. So it's, you know, if you're thinking to yourself, what are the good, what's a good opportunity as far as should we play him? I don't think we should have, but if you're looking at, you know, is it really a risk? You put him on a minutes restriction. As long as you're responsible with him, I don't really have a problem. What about you? What did you think about, about Matt Mitchell in, in the last game? I liked similar to you. Like I liked seeing him take some shots from deep. His role in the offense as a starter was very much facilitating out of the post which probably isn't his best role, but he is arguably at the very least up to that point and, and arguably still like the best facilitator in -hmm. general when he's in that role, which is kind of sad because like he can do it, but that shouldn't, that's not what he's best at, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's fish out of water thing. So I like seeing him, him play on the perimeter more um, being able to do, to do that type of stuff. I, I love how you mentioned like how he was on defense because I don't think it's gotten enough attention in the Nevada series. I noticed it specifically, and I know it's happened other times too, where at the end of a tight game, Matt Mitchell starts guarding the best perimeter player on the other team. And I don't think I've seen anybody mention that um, in articles or on Twitter or anything, but that's something I noticed and like, that's so valuable. And if he's the team's best offensive player and he's guarding the best perimeter player, there's, so much value in that and so much leadership in that, that when he's on the floor, I think it, it does give everybody a boost. Yeah. I think that uh, I'm with you. You know, he was, he, he's definitely just kind of risen to the challenge as being the leader of the team. And he's done a pretty good job. I mean, in the game we lost, he tried his best to pull mm-hmm. us to a victory. Um, and I think that it's, it's, I think that, Lamont 
Lamont's growth and, and Lamont actually getting some run might help him because that boy is a talent on defense, man. He he's a star. And one of the things that, so when Dakari Allen was a freshman, he got very little run, right? He, but he would make plays on defense that I just knew immediately that I was going to love this guy for four years and he was going to eventually be a starter and one of the most important players on our team. And when Dakari was a senior, the performance that he put uh, uh, on Boise state in the, in the mountain West tournament was one of the single best defensive games I've ever seen a college basketball player make. And he scored like four points. And I remember we were all like screaming, you're on Dakari Island. Like you're not, you can't get off Dakari Island. And Lamont has some of those same tendencies, man. He has the quickest hands for a freshman guard in terms of defense that I, I maybe have ever seen at San Diego state. And when you say Mitchell's guarding their best player, I think he probably will. If that guy, you know, Hutchinson and boys against Boise state, mm-hmm. Mitchell will be guarding him. But if it's another team whose best player is a point guard, I think you're going to see Lamont Butler in at the end of the game because he, he can play some lockdown defense, man. I'm trying to pull up uh, Lamont Butler's, numbers here real quick he has a 4.9 steal percentage um what's, give me give me the numbers like what what's the average why is that good is that bad? so that is that is very good okay um, yeah good <laughs> if so he he i'm on the national leaderboard this is on ken palm so it doesn't count the uh game against saint catherine um so if you go on like sports reference it might be different uh, 4.9, I believe is what I said. If he played enough minutes to qualify for the national leaderboard, um, which just means small sample size alert, but if he played enough minutes, that would be tied for 12th in the nation right now. That's insane. And I think over the course of the year, he's going to get the minutes. And this is something that last week I talked about, you got to live with the freshman mistakes. He made them against air force in, in the beginning of the game. He traveled, he, uh, brick the layup, but I think what he offers you is something that no other guard on this team can. He might not be the best shooter. I mean, he's definitely not the best freshman shooter. I don't know if you you watch Dinwiddie. Woo! He can flat out cook. Now mm-hmm. I don't know about anything else that Dinwiddie does, and he seems a little bit slow on defense. But I think there's a you know potential there as well. But I think Lamont is knows when to shoot the three pointer. Our offense, if you're getting an uncontested three pointer, you need to shoot it. And that's something that Trey doesn't do. Uh, Seiko was on freaking fire the last couple of games. And uh, so he can pull the trigger. But when your point guard is the guy that's open, you need him to shoot the ball. And I think that he's got the confidence too. And the other thing that he does incredibly well is run a fast break. And he's starting to kind of uh, learn when to jump and try to finish at the rim and when to kind of pull it back. And that happened over like a two game stretch, the quickness in which he matured. That was one thing that I've been talking about with my friends and family. Uh, I had somebody say to me, he really just needs to get rid of Jeremy Hemsley itis where he's just going to jump and try to score a dunk or a basket every single play 
that's really going to hinder his game. And against Air Force, you saw him kind of recognize, okay, there's a big guy in front of me. He's going to commit, dump it off, dunk. And it happened multiple times. And that's going to really help us moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Those easy shots for those bigs. For those bigs are huge. I think this is a good segue I also have some thoughts about Lamont Butler, but I think I want to save him for this for this segue here. Um, in the Air Force series, the starting lineup changed, and some of that was it, it had to be because Matt Mitchell wasn't going to play anymore, right? Because he he was hurt. Um, but also just seeing how well the bench performed and how well certain players performed in that second game against Utah State, and I know you touched on that in the last pod. Yeah. Um, there was a lineup change, and and Coach Dutcher on. I think it's just called the, the coach Dutcher show on whatever the San Diego radio station yeah, is extra, extra, yeah. whatever. Um, he mentioned that after the second Utah state game, he asked all his assistants, he has five, I believe who they would have start just to, just to get the communication flow and see what everybody's opinions were. And between the five different assistant coaches, he got four different starting lineups. Um, so it just shows like a lot of people, are capable of it right um that could be good or bad because maybe it also means nobody's separating themselves enough to start but they ended up going with lamont butler terrell gomez trey pulliam jordan shackle and nathan mensa what did you think about that lineup and heading forward let's assume first wyoming game matt mitchell has no minutes restriction what do you think the lineup should and or will be so this is a really good question one because this is something that we've been changing throughout the season, mm-hmm. right? With injuries, without injuries. Um, and it's really important for a basketball team to know this is my role. This is going to be my role and I need to be great at it come conference tournament time. Right? So this is kind of the last stretch of time where this isn't as big of a deal right now. It will be coming up. Go moving forward. I don't. I don't like that starting lineup at all. I think that Seiko on the bench uh, is something that I know you and I both were clamoring. He needs more minutes. He needs to start. He clearly is much more comfortable coming off in that six man role, and the drop in his performances uh, would suggest that when he was a starter. Um, I think. I think the best lineup isn't one that we've seen so far. And I think what, what I would do, especially in the first game against Wyoming, um, I would do, I would start Trey. Uh, I would start Lamont. I would start Jordan. I would start Mensa and I would start a rope. I would basically just swap Butler for Mitchell and that first starting lineup that we had at the start of the season and kind of go with that. Um, because I think you saw something happen in the second Utah state game that is really positive for us moving forward. And that's more Terrell Gomez on the ball. And I think him being in the second unit absolutely helps. He's had three really good games in a row. And I also think he, when you play him, he's going to create so much space that guys like a rope and Kashad Johnson they have more space to operate in the middle of the floor 
which is where we want them to be, especially a rope. That's the best place for a rope to be is middle of the floor or, in, you know, mid post, because that's his strength, right? Get it, catching the ball, squaring up, finishing around the rim with a layup, beating his guy off his quick first step. So I think that that lineup uh, would probably be what I go with uh, again on, on, you know, I think it's Thursday, right? Thursday we play Wyoming. I think, I think so. so. Um, and then come Saturday, you know, if we're continuing to up Mitchell's minutes, I'm keeping Lamont in the game and I'm put, putting in Mitchell for Trey. And I know that goes against everything that um, Dutcher stands for in terms of seniority. And frankly, I don't expect that to happen at all. And I would be completely fine with him keeping Trey. I think Trey has really had some, uh, he's had some up and down performances, but I think he's kind of steadied himself over the last couple of games, which is good. I mean, obviously everyone, played great against air force. You win by two games by 70 points total. Mm -hmm. um, everyone's going to play well. And I think that these are kind of the games that we can kind of build his confidence and that's important. So I can see that side of it. That's just not how I would go. But um, I believe in, I kind of believe in all of our guards. It's, it's weird. Like I was very worried about that at the start of the year, but um, even though I wouldn't play Trey as much, just because I think what he, what the others bring is a little bit better. I think that that's kind of, um, where he has, and I Dutcher has earned my trust. Is the other thing that a that that lineup change made was they started running more set offense for Shackle because he had to be a much more focal point of the offense. I don't care what the lineup is moving forward, Dutcher. For the love of God, run those same plays when we're fully healthy. Running him off of two ball, two off ball screens on the baseline to get him a catch uh you know running to his right catch and shoot three-pointer that's like his favorite shot you know he's got a hand in his face and he's he's automatic and it you need to just play to your strengths he's one of those guys that i think we just need to feed the ball more i, I know i just went off on a complete tangent so no, you're good. what what is what is the lineup that you think what you would like to see and then what you think you're gonna see oh gosh um just to recap once Mitchell is fully healthy and not on restrictions, you had Butler, Pulliam, Shackle, Mitchell, Mensa. No, when, when Mitchell's healthy, I want Lamont Butler, mm -hmm. Shackle, Mitchell. Oh, you're right. I guess we do have Trey. So Trey would be Trey would okay. be the other guard. You're right. So I guess okay. I'm not, I am. I basically just made a case against my own argument. But yeah, I don't think. I want Seiko and I want Seiko and Tigo to be the two guys off the bench. Off the I bench. want basically. Seiko to be the two guard that comes off the bench. And I want uh, Terrell Gomez to be the point guard that comes off the bench. So that's, that's where that would work. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Just, just making sure we're on the same page. Um, gosh, you know what I, what I think it will be, I think is an easier question. I think it will probably go back to what it was before Mitchell got hurt, which was the Pulliam Seiko shackle Mitchell Mensa. Um, and there is, there is data su to support that. I think on evanmaya.com that lineup in a hundred or so possessions, which is still a small sample size, which is scary because we're halfway through the season, but it's one of the most used lineups and uh, it was outscoring teams by like 32 points per 100 possessions. Nice. Um which is, which is good. Um, and was the best of any lineup that 
had any real type of of run um so so there is that i i do hear what you were saying about seiko coming off the bench and i i'm not gonna lie i didn't see it at first but you said it and i started thinking i was like kyle's talking sense and i went back and looked at the box scores and i was like at the very least his numbers look better coming off the bench for sure right and and some of his value is like the defensive and he's not the type of defender that's going to get steals or blocks Mm -hmm. so that's hard to qualify in the box score but that's a thing um and that also kind of links up with i think lamont's our best guard defender you take him out and mm -hmm. seiko is would be clearly our second best so that that makes sense in that regard as well that would that we have a, a solid defender on each group pair up seiko with gomez that we have that offense defense punch plus seiko's killing it from behind the arc this year so all that spacing all the good stuff um my concern with lamont butler i think i'm i'm leaning more towards start lamont butler so i'm going to do one of those things where i jump to the end and then go back to the beginning i think i am more towards start lamont butler and i do think by the end of the year there's a chance because even though we we've both talked about like how Dutcher definitely favors veterans. He also started Mitchell as a freshman for that whole season. So I think if, if a player shows that they deserve it, I think he will do it. They just might need to do more to show that they deserve it. Um, my thing with Butler is like, he's shown so much potential, but it's not consistent. And we talked about the mistakes. Um, he's been very turnover prone. He didn't have any turnovers in the second game against Air Force. I also didn't think he was asked to do as much, right? In the first game was when he got most of those, like driving into lane, dump it off to the bigs. Um, he had five assists to six turnovers in that first game against Air Force. So he's That's definitely- That's a horrible ratio. It's, it's bad. And it's honestly, it's an improvement from what it was going into that game. Yeah. Um. But then in the second game, he had one assist and zero turnovers, which is fantastic ratio. But the funny thing about his quick point, the funny thing about his turnovers is they're not like he's throwing the ball away. It's a travel. It's a stepping out of bounds. It's, it's you know, doing things that mm-hmm. you're going to grow out of. So that's where I feel like the there's so much potential. There's, there's a lot of potential. And then the other thing, he's done it a couple times. I don't think he did it against Air Force, but he'll be like on – either a fast break or he'll do it like he'll be wide open and the lane will be there and he'll just start driving the lane and everything is happening so fast that he just loses control of the dribble and then yeah. he doesn't get the layup from it and normally those don't end in a turnover but it's like oh man like it was a layup it was an easy layup and he's not going to get it so stuff like that happens um that being said you know acknowledging all the mistakes and and all that stuff Trey Pulliam's assist to turnover ratio is great, but Trey isn't really creating those shots. It's stuff like you were talking about where a guy like Jordan Shackles coming off of a screen and Trey is just like standing at the top of the key and passes it to him. So Jordan Shackles doing all that work, whereas the assists that Butler does get are, like you said, Butler's driving into the lane, he's kicking out, he's dumping off, he's doing all the things. So those assists are much more valuable. And I think if you're going to do it, if you're going to make the move to start Butler, you need to do it soon because they're in the soft part of the schedule. They got yes. Wyoming. Yes. They got who's, who's coming up um, New Mexico on the road after that, but it'll be like a neutral cause they're in Texas. Then you yeah, got San Jose Paso, state, right? then Fresno state. 
excuse me. So you're in the, the bottom half of the conference right now. If there are teams you can beat while Butler's making those mistakes, it's going to be these teams. And then he's ready for Boise state. He's ready for the conference tournament and all that stuff. So I am starting to lean start Butler. Um, if you, okay. So you're still, you want to start Lamont. Give me your lineup with Lamont and starting. Yeah, I think so. Gosh, it's, it's tough though. I'm thinking start Butler and I think you have to start Nathan and Mitchell and Shackle. Um, One, it's the one spot, right? It's the second guard position, um, which honestly I would have loved for this season for a rope to just play out of his mind and basically say, Jordan, you're the starting two. Cause I think if all, like, I think that's where, Jordan's skill set works best, but that's not how it, it, we, our team can function with the way our roster is constructed. Yeah, it's so tough because I want to start Seiko so bad because I uh, like him, and that might be that might be what I would do. Honestly, the mm-hmm. the issue I would like to start a rope for the size and the rebounding. The only issue is if he's in close and Mensa's in close does that close up the lane yes. when Butler does try to drive? And and that is something that we saw over the last three games, a rope's effectiveness when Mensa's in the game, when we're playing this hybrid small ball lineup with KJ at the five, which, mm-hmm. oh man, do I love that lineup. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's, we, I talked about it on my last pod and this continued through the last, through the weekend's games. Kashad Johnson is the best rebounder. It, his stats won't show it, but as far as going to get the ball, he's the best rebounder that we have on the team. And that is incredibly important when you're when you're playing a small ball lineup because, you know, your other team's going to be bigger than you. Um, and he's just got this, he's just a freak. He's super long. And I think that it, that's a lineup that I really hope, this is, and this is perfect because, kind of like a benefit of, of running these into these really bad teams all at once is we have this time to experiment mm-hmm. and it's time to use it because I think that small ball lineup with Tigo Seiko, I think it was shackle was in during the, the time where we had the big run um, and then a rope at the four and KJ at the five on all on defense, KJ and a rope can kind of, basically switch everything between the two of them. And then on offense, exactly the same thing. You know, you're really playing with two fours. Um, and I think Kashad is prob man. He just makes these plays that I just go, wow. And wow. Plays matter because when you're young, like he is, you just got to multiply those. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how you become a great player. And when you have wow plays, you don't become a good player. You become a great player. It's like Matt Mitchell. Matt Mitchell hit those, you know, how many big time uh, elbow three pointers that Matt Mitchell hit. Now he does it when he was when he was a freshman and a sophomore. Now he's a senior and he does it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between being average and being great. And KJ can do it with his rebounding, you know, go from four rebounds a game to eight. That's a huge jump. And that would help us tremendously because I think that especially come against the really good teams. We're going to need a third big to step up because Tamayich, especially against – that's one of the things that I really loved about that second game. We had KJ guarding Cueta, and in, in a few stretches, 
or excuse me, when Cueto was off the court and we were playing the five and they had their backup big in, KJ mm-hmm. was dominating them. And he's so important. He, he's such a spark plug for this team just because of his raw athleticism that he offers something that those other bigs do. They just don't. And it's something that we don't have, right? Um, but yeah, that's give us your lineup suggestions on Twitter, guys. Tell me who you guys would start. This is a conversation that we need to have as a community because guess what's going to happen? Thursday's going to come, the lineup's going to get released, and we're all going to be wrong because that lineup <laughs> with the three guard lineup, I, I would have, that would have been, I don't know if I, you could have given me 20 suggestions. I don't know if that would have been one of them. Like I might have had, I might have had like a super big lineup with KJ and a rope all starting with Shackle playing the two before I had that lineup in there. So give us, give us your thoughts on Twitter. I want to hear it. We've been, the engagement's been getting up post podcasts. I love that. I love talking with you guys. Mm-hmm. So get that up. Let's go. Give me who you, who would you start? And what do you think? You think we get, we got three guards that have been two starting spots. I think we both agree that Tigo needs to come off the bench. So the other one is, so you got three choices. Who are you starting out of these three? Trey Pulliam, Lamont Butler, Adam Seiko. Give me your two starting guards moving forward. And I mean, and they can also, we were just talking about it. They can push Shackle to the two if they trust in a rope or a, a Kashad Johnson to fill that role. And I, I think I yeah, want to trust Kashad at the four in on paper. I would like to start him at the four. I don't think he's ready for it. I don't think he is he's, he's, he's kind of in that like Lamont Butler stage where he's shown flashes, but not consistency, but the flashes have just been less than Butler's has, and he's been hurt too, but. Um, I think Dutcher really, really, really would love to start a rope and have mm-hmm. that big lineup, but a rope, a rope's issue is he has a good game and then he gets hurt. He has a good game. He has a terrible game. He has a good game and then he gets hurt. There's no consistency, unfortunately, right now, and that's a huge problem, and I, you can see it because there are so many big moments in games where a rope's on the floor, Dutch trusts him. He wants, mm-hmm. he's basically giving him all of these opportunities because he believes that he is like, he should be a starter. And I see it. Like he was my guy, like my, my sleeper pick at the start mm-hmm. of the season is the guy who could really, you know, if he plays well, if he plays, if he grows, we could be really good. If he doesn't, we, who knows what we could be and games. He's play games that a rope plays. Well, we are in and we win. So, it's just one of those things. Like, I think that's who Dutcher would like. I think Dutcher really would like to play Mitchell at the three and Sh- Jordan at the two. That's such um, a bigger and then team. It's such a much bigger team, more switchability, better shooting. The problem is a rope consistency. And it just in terms of his performances, but also his health, right? Cause he, I saw him uh, uh, in this, in this first Utah, this first air force game and he had like a polo on it like two minutes before tip. I'm like, is he even playing? So I felt like he, it almost might've been like a last minute decision that he played. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, it's interesting. And it's, it's kind of one of those things that you get when you have a bunch of a team that is filled with good, not great players, right? The, when you have a team of great players, the lineup picks itself. Mm-hmm. You don't have these conversations. And you didn't have these conversations last year because it was very clear who the best, what the best lineup was. Mm-hmm. This year, this year, I don't, I don't know. You don't know. 
Dutcher doesn't know. Um, and so we've got, you know, six games, right? We've got the last two and the, the next four, next, the next four, eight, the next, the next eight, eight to really figure this out. And that's how you have to look at this, right? Because I honestly think we could blow Wyoming out by 20 each game too. I think yeah. I was very wrong. I thought we were going to be six to 10 point favorites. We were 16 point favorites. This is a little gambling talk. Uh, at the start of the game on Saturday, the line was Air Force minus 11, which means every single person that bet money on the game bet Air Force. And they lost by 50. Like, holy man. They, like, America was wrong at that. Um, so I think, I really think that we're going to be probably heavily favored and we should blow these teams out. We really should. And it's a chance for us to really get a good gauge on what we have moving forward. And that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have, I have much to add. My only thoughts were like on top of a ropes consistency. He has, he did miss a game, which I don't even remember which game it was, but he did miss a game. Um, His offensive role is the same as Nathan Mensa's, which is a problem too, right? He doesn't have his own thing when he shares the floor Mm -hmm. with Mensa or with Tomajic, which Mm -hmm. can make them hard to play together. Um, And I actually loved how you, you mentioned it's like a lot of good players, but maybe no great players. Cause I've been thinking like the one thing this team needs is that player to slot everybody in their best role. Everybody's yep. playing a role up than yep. where they should be right now is, is my opinion, right? Like Matt Mitchell is a great player. He's not as much as I love him. He's not the type of player. He's not going to play that Malachi Flynn role mm-hmm. right on, on paper or on the court. Um, he's going to be best as like that one B or that second option probably. Right. And then that bumps Shackle down to third option. He's like Shackle would be such a fantastic third option. If you're focused on two other players, Shackle's going to get open every time, but if he's the second option, it's easy to guard. I actually think his best role is as, as a, a second option, but your first option needs to be a highly skilled distributing point guard mm-hmm. that knows how to get him the ball in the spaces that he wants because he's proven it this year. There can be games when he can carry our offense, but he can't do that against equal competition when he has to like literally kill himself to get shots. And Mitchell in that case would be the third option and letting him go to work against option three is that's horrible. That's horrible for the other team. So like, I think like you said, we're not playing in the right quote unquote roles everyone's having to go up a slot and even last game like mitt shackle was having to play the one right Mm -hmm. shackle had to play the one the last two games and uh trey's having to you know trey's coming up mensa came up like it's just kind of like you're you're that's a great point everyone's playing one step above where they should be and that's what takes our team from being a good team you know we're on the bubble we could get into the tournament to we're in the tournament and we're gonna make some we're gonna make a run yeah. Talent, talent wins basketball games. Yeah, man. I think we've been going for longer than we thought we would, yeah, which is cool. Go. We've, I mean, we've just been chatting. Remind everybody about your, your game live stream. Yeah. So we're going to try and do this on Thursday. I don't know if it, it it's going to work because my dog just got fixed and I'm having to deal with all of that stuff, but um, eventually, okay. Eventually we're going to be streaming live on Twitch. Uh, my, my handle there is Kyle San Diego. Um, and what we'll do is 
We'll basically start 15 minutes before the game starts. We'll go over the starting lineup. We'll kind of do a quick recap. It'll just be you and I. I really want to do it because it'll allow us the opportunity to kind of have a Viejas feel till we're watching games together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm literally not doing this to try to make money. You don't make money on Twitch until you're partnered, which you need to have like 300 viewers and stuff like that on a regular (laughs) basis. So I'm not, I'm doing this for you and I'm doing this for for me. Mm -hmm. Full disclosure. I am not a PG streamer. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I cuss a lot. Um, So if, your family is going to be watching. I'm not going to change for that. If we get enough listener or viewers, I will change for that. <laughs> but in the beginning, you know, I got to, I'm going to, I'm going to be normal. Kyle, you're going to be sitting in my seat uh, next to, I call him nacho stain Gary. Cause he, this guy that I sit next to uh, down, like down one section into the left of me, this man has spilt nachos on his white Kawhi Leonard Jersey more times than a five-year-old would so <laughs> it's gonna be uh, and I, I want a place where we can celebrate right after right after the game we can celebrate i want to um have a place where you guys can give your information and more feedback we got a lot we got like seven to ten really active people on twitter right now which i'm very thankful for mm-hmm. you're gonna be able to this is that's really who i'm doing it for right i'm really doing it for all you guys to come in and talk with me so that we can kind of build and grow this community. Um, I know I just made myself sound like the worst, the biggest cusser in the world. I'm not, but <laughs> you might hear me drop, you know, some explicit expletives every now and then, but keep an eye out for that. I'll, I'll make sure you guys are updated. Um, it will be on Twitch. If you've never seen or been to Twitch, it's really straightforward. If you have an Amazon account, you can just create a profile using your Amazon account because Amazon owns Twitch. Um, create an account and you'll be good to go. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great idea. So follow Kyle's Twitter at call me Kinslow for that. And I'll, I'll tweet it out to at Aztec breakdown the link, right? That's a link you can, we can tweet out, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, cool. it's literally just a Twitch link. Uh, twitch.tv is the as the website go check it out like I, I highly encourage you to to check out twitch it's one of my absolute favorite um entertainment platforms it's think of youtube but live right um and it's twitch everyone thinks it's more it, it it's just video games but that's not the case like people are realizing oh we can talk sports or um whatever really like there's somebody who's got i want to say fifteen thousand subscribers and they like knit. So people watch wow. her knit. So I know we're in the wrong field, right? I, I, sound like, <laughs> I sound like the most technologically illiterate person. And I promise I'm not. I just don't know about Twitch. Yeah, it's but. really straightforward. It's, it's a lot of fun. So um, heads up there. We'll keep you updated. Um, follow us on Twitter for all the, you know, the, the show news. But um, yeah. And then I'm hoping that the next two games go very much like the Air Force game. So Send us your questions, man. You know, the last we we had a couple of questions on the mailbag pod, the mailbag pod that were awesome. Um, we got into a lot of I, I posted a picture of Xavier Thames today. And so I think in the next mailbag pod, we need to talk about favorite Aztecs and stuff like that. I think that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, so appreciate all the love, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. And of course, go Aztecs. We'll catch you next time.